Three months before launching the course, I was like still paying off debt. It was like, I was in a totally different headspace, thoughts about money, wealth, like my brain was in a totally different place. So it's like hard, it's hard to process because it, I feel like these types of stories are those fluke stories, right? Like it's not necessarily like the average case of a creator that makes a product and it, it becomes this runaway success. So it was like, I still haven't wrapped my, my brain around it. Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast where I bring you stories from fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. In this episode, I'm joined by Marie Poulin. Marie started the Notion Mastery course back in November 2019, growing that to a mid six-figure business in under a year. Her whole business has been built on taking a leap of faith and niching down and putting her sole focus on this Notion course. In this episode, we talk about her compounding efforts over the years that have led her to such an impressive year and how her YouTube channel has contributed to almost 80% of the course traffic. Before we get into this episode, a quick note from this week's sponsor, Illo. You probably know that Twitter is an incredibly useful tool for us as indie hackers, but sometimes Twitter's inbuilt analytics tool doesn't quite give you the metrics that really matter. Dan Rowden from Indie Bytes episode 17 has created the most useful analytics tool for Twitter, giving you the metrics that actually help you understand your tweet performance and grow your audience. With one glance, Illo helps you see which kind of tweets get more impressions, likes, profile clicks, and more, so you can grow your Twitter audience. To get access to Illo, head to illo.so and use the code IndieBytes20 to get 25% off your Illo subscription for life. There are only 10 codes available, so check it out before they all go. Let's get into this episode. Marie, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on to the podcast and massive props to you on the growth of the course. Tell me a little bit more about Notion Mastery and what it is and why you started it. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a gap. There was a huge gap for almost like the missing Notion manual, right? Like Notion is literally a blank canvas. You can build anything that you can imagine. And so I just started off by sharing a, a webinar about how I was using Notion. And I think I, I called it getting started with Notion. And it was definitely not a getting started with Notion. I, I forgot what it was like when you were first starting Notion. And I got so many questions from people after that webinar that were like, yeah, but how did you actually do that? Like, how do I start? This is so complicated. Uh, so I started that YouTube channel, doubled down on that to like, okay, well, I'm just going to start answering all those questions in YouTube videos. And the growth happened so fast. I was like, okay, there's something here. Like it's, there is almost like that missing documentation or people just don't know what's possible with it. And if you don't have that systems brain or maybe enjoyed the process of the building and creating these processes. So I was like, oh, here's how I'm using it. Here's how I would answer it. And it, for some weird reason, it just felt like the intersection of all my skills came together and I was just having fun with it. And I was excited about it. And I think people were picking up on that enthusiasm and it kind of exploded from there. I threw out the idea of a beta course. And I think someone said, if you make a course on this, I will pay you. And I was like, okay, there's something here when people are like, please make this product. That's, I think, when there's something there. Just made a super rough sales page, threw the idea out there and said, it's not created yet. It's just in a concept. Is this something that, that you'd be interested in? And I think it got $10,000 in a week. And I was like, okay, I'm going to build this. Let's do this. <laughs> That's crazy. 10K in a week. So the, the YouTube channel came before the course. You just started uploading some of your tips, some of the things you've learned because people were asking, how did you get to that stage from the webinar? Exactly. I was like, you know, sharing with friends on the weekends, how I was setting it up for our business. And the the YouTube was just the easiest way, I think, to because I kept getting the same questions over and over again, I was like, oh, the easiest way is going to be record a video and then I can just drop that link in and share it with folks. And so, yeah. How, and how did you get that first 10K in the week? Did, did you have a pre-existing audience for it? Did the YouTube help? I probably had a little bit of an audience before that in terms of you know, a lot of my followers were maybe 
web designers, other people in the design space, other freelancers. I'd launched a couple courses before in the past, but none at the maybe scale of, of Notion Mastery. I had done a course called Digital Strategy School that was like a mentorship program for designers, and that did really well. I did Designing Your Productized Offer, a course that I run with Kai Davis. I've done Run Your Learning Launch. Uh, there's been a couple courses that I've launched over the years. So I think over time, people have maybe you know followed my work. Okay. So in the past, you've had experience building courses. So it wasn't you building and launching a course completely as a novice you've done this before you did know what you were doing but was it not something that you were just planning to launch on the side of your freelance that might get you a little bit of income at what point did you go maybe this has got more to it and I can double down as this is my main thing there was a mastermind that I had done, I say in August of 2019, and I'd already been thinking about it and seeing there was an opportunity here. And there were a couple of folks there in that mastermind that were like, you need to start a YouTube channel, double down on it, like just do it, just go for it. And I hadn't ever really niched hard on anything at that point. Like I definitely had considered myself quite a generalist. And I was a little nervous about like, how deep do I want to go down this notion rabbit hole? Like how much do I want to make a product and kind of identity around that? It, it felt a little bit risky, but I was like, you know what, let's just try this out as an experiment. Let's see how it goes. I'll start filming these, these YouTube videos. And the traction was just so fast. I was like, okay, it just seems like a no brainer not to at least try it. But yeah, I just thought it was going to be like a product side income. Let's have fun in the side. But I, I just didn't really know to what extent it was going to take over my life once I launched it. Yeah, it certainly has. And you've mentioned a couple of times these YouTube videos that you were making. You attribute a fair bit of the growth of Notion Mastery to these YouTube videos. Tell me a little bit more about what these videos are, how long they take you to do, and the sort of traction you sim from those over time. Yeah, I'm still, I still very much feel like I'm learning YouTube for sure. I feel like it's a whole beast of its own. There's so much nuance over there, but, and I'm, I'm, have not been comfortable with video. That's definitely, it was a huge challenge to, to get comfortable enough to even be willing to ship a video every week. And the only reason I was able to do it was because I just said, no editing, just record your screen and just go. Uh, so I'd hit record. It would just be mostly tutorial style, like me talking through, oh, here's how to do this in Notion. So they were very literal how-to screen sharing videos, just my face in the corner, no fancy equipment, no fancy webcam or you know DSLR or anything like that. Otherwise, I think I would have over perfectionistic tendencies would have taken over and I never would have shipped it. What's really interesting about that, because I know a lot of people that would have those perfectionist tendencies, they'll want to create a really nicely produced, well edited video, and they won't publish until they've got that. And you got oh, yeah. past that barrier. But what you've also done is not worried about the editing or the production being the value that you're providing from that video. It is the content from within that video that's providing the value. And I think a lot of people don't focus on that as much as they do the production value. And you've proven yes. just by producing these interesting videos that help people solve problems in their lives with their systems with Notion, that can be a success. That's how you get remembered, right? You solve someone's problem and they're like, holy crap, this was so helpful. Thank you so much. And as you get traction, that's when you can start to level up. So at some point when I was like, oh, okay, YouTube is actually going to be a useful channel for me. Maybe it's time to upgrade my camera. Oh, maybe I should learn a little bit more. But to do that in the beginning is over-engineering. It's overkill, right? It's designing your SaaS for this crazy scale when you're like, 
you haven't even had a conversation with customers yet. <laughs> so I think it, it's so easy to get into that. We're thinking 10 steps ahead and over-engineering everything, but I'm a huge fan of that MVP, scrappy approach. Again, like writing, a, writing and releasing a sales page to people before you've even written a line of content. So when I put the offer out there, I didn't have any content created. It was literally a, a concept for a course. And how much has YouTube, do you think, contributed to the growth of the course because your YouTube's not huge by any straight like by YouTube standards uh, what last time I checked it was between 21 and 25,000 subscribers a few thousand views of video some more some less well huge I'd, I'd say like 80 percent of people that come through that come through the course and fill out the onboarding form say they found me through YouTube and it's funny because I had somebody ask me if it was worth it because I did my year-end review and I shared some of the numbers and some of the metrics and and uh, trends and stuff and, and I think it was showing three hundred dollars or five hundred dollars in AdSense or something like that and someone's is it really worth it to spend that much time making videos when you only made like five hundred dollars in AdSense and I was like it's not the $500 that I made in AdSense, it's the add three more zeros that I made through. If you have created enough value for someone on YouTube that they're like, whoa, what is this person's website? I need to go deeper on this and they find your product. Well, that, that kind of speaks for itself. So I'd say the numbers, even though they might seem small, have just been a huge contributor to, yeah, the revenue that the course has generated. Well, it's good to see it. as it's grown, the course, has, has there any part of it become more frustrating or you've not enjoyed it as much? Because often as founders scale their businesses and it gets to a specific scale, it starts to suck the fun out of it because it then becomes more business and less fun. Yeah. Have you done anything to sort of avoid that happening? Uh, keep working with my assistant, Georgia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, like we've had conversations about this where she's like, what are those tasks that you hate doing? What is not fun for you? I'm like, I hate sending invoices. I don't want to deal with that. The one-on-one -on -one consulting work, I just can't, I don't have the capacity anymore. I want to focus on the course content. So just really leaning into in an ideal world, where would my time be spent? And so who can handle those pieces? Or where can I automate out parts that I don't want? How can I shape this in a way that's going to support me and have me working at my best? So my operations assistant loves, she loves doing the stuff that turns me inside out. And I think every founder needs to find that person where they're like, oh, that's awesome. I got this. I'm the details person. So that's been super helpful to, to just have her there. At what point did you start to bring other people on to help with it? Because that's another sort of inflection point for a, yeah. a founder in a business oh yeah so hard i guess if the course launched in november i'd started dipping my toes in the water with outsourcing a little bit of administrative work maybe in, in the september but i was pretty new to delegating like i didn't have any experience with a team i've been working solo for so long and working with my husband for so long and we had a lot of autonomy we could just do whatever we wanted so i was not used to how do, how do I delegate? What kind of tasks do I delegate? I was just so used to doing it all myself for so long. I just didn't know there was any other way, right? It's read Paul Jarvis's company of one. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I am a company of one. I've yeah, got this and I'm going to do it all by myself, the solo founder, which is, which is was silly. So I had to, to recognize if I was going to have the impact that I wanted, I was going to have to be realistic about what is in my wheelhouse, what is best for me to do. I, I like the self-awareness that you've had with taking a step back looking at the things you don't enjoy because time is such a valuable asset how can we spend our time doing those things that fulfill us i'm someone who would often just say oh how long does an invoice take me it takes me five minutes i'll just send it myself there's no point outsourcing that 
But then if I'm doing a hundred of those, they add up. I think we underestimate, like you said, we think about it in terms of time. Oh, it only takes me five minutes, mm. but we forget the mental burden that that adds. Even like the resistance of, oh, I have to send this client this invoice. And I, I didn't uh, mention that it was going to take longer because X, Y, Z, or maybe I have to build them more. Like all of those things that kind of, oh, like now I have to have a conversation about this, or I have to tell them it's going to be a bigger invoice or just all the thinking about it is gone. I just don't even have to think about that. So that frees me up for way more deep focus work doing the stuff that I love. And what's the point if you're not going to be designing a business that you freaking love to do? So to me, I'm always optimizing for how can I get the most enjoyment out of what I'm doing? How could I make it so that it doesn't actually feel like work? Could I design a business that feels like play and feels like so much fun? That's the dream. That's what Otherwise, what's the point to make your own jail? <laughs> You're so right. So many founders fall into that trap of ending up building something they hate. I, I want to round off talking a little bit more about Notion because I was looking for your YouTube videos and I was going, yeah, not got that. Not got that. That looks complex. I'd love <laughs> to have it, but that looks like a lot of work. And I'm I maybe a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah. And oh, yeah. some other people might. <laughs> you and every other Notion user. Apart from joining the, the Notion Mastery course, which is the, the best option for it. Where should people start to build out their Notion workspace if they want to get the most out of it? I often recommend start with the area of highest friction in your life. So where, where is something that's either taking you a lot of time? It could be as simple as a daily journal, could be your to-do list. But I think starting with like a small project first, like what is the part that's not really working for you? And just thinking of it as a garden, it, it's a thing that's going to be in process for a while. It's not like a one and done thing. Yeah, I, the, the journal was the first thing that I started to do using using some of your templates. Have you, have you found <laughs> much success with selling those templates from Gumroad? In what, the last 30 days, I think the templates have sold 10,000. Oh my dollars. gosh, love to hear it. Yeah. So for context, like the in 2020, I think the templates made $15,000. And in the last 30 days, uh, it's been 10,000. So like the growth just keeps going. It's just another example of something that I've been speaking to a lot of people about, which is compounding. It's showing up yes. every day putting in the work or, or putting being consistent not necessarily putting in the work but being consistent with one thing over time don't get demoralized on some of those days just keep showing up and then over time all of that effort that you're putting in that one particular area Absolutely. will compound there's so many interesting possibilities it doesn't even have to be a super expensive template it could be like five dollars ten dollars something but like that feeling i think when you first get the sales in your sleep and you're like whoa <laughs> I made money in my sleep. Like it, it just it causes that momentum. You're like, oh man, there's something here. Yeah. Marie, you've been a fantastic guest. We finish off on three recommendations, a book, podcast to listen to, and an indie hacker or entrepreneur that you enjoy following. So a book recommendation. I haven't mentioned it often publicly, but do more great work. Because we talked about that, this idea of finding what is your best work, do more great work is a classic. I often go back to it every year. An indie hacker or somebody that I've been following. I mean, I love what Ness Labs is doing and mm -hmm. Laura LeConf. Really love the work that she puts out there consistently. Um, and then podcasts. Oh, man. One I've really been enjoying is This is Uncomfortable. And it's conversations about money and how it impacts our daily lives. Marie, you've been a fantastic guest. I'll put links to where people can find you the course your youtube channel your twitter awesome. in the show notes so people can go there and have a look awesome thanks so much for having me